This is Purple Radio On Demand. Um, hello and welcome back to the Arts Show Meets. I'm Charlotte, your Head of Arts, and today I'm joined by some of the curators from Throwing It Out There, um, which is a really exciting exhibition happening in Palace Green, um, starting next week when we're recording this episode. Um, so today I'm joined by Kai, Kitty and Annabelle. Do you guys want to kind of introduce yourselves and explain sort of what you've been up to and what this exhibition is? Um, I'm Annabelle and I am a student at Aidan's College. And I have been working as a leader in the exhibition space team part of the exhibition and also been working a little bit here and there with design, um, a little bit here with social media and also in the curatorial part of the teams as well. Amazing. So my name is Kitty and I'm from Hong Kong. I'm an international student and I'm living in Mary's, so I am a leader, leader of online exhibitions, so hopefully you will all be seeing online exhibition on our touchscreen. I'm Kai, obviously a student on the Museum and Artifact Studies course as well. Um, I've mostly been leading on the learning and engagement team, um, so we've been making resources for primary school kids and organising sessions at the Oriental Museum, um, but I've also dabbled in the design for the panels and a bit of like object care and curation. Brilliant. So as we kind of start off this um, discussion, um, does one of you want to explain what Throwing Out There is all about and sort of the process behind it and how it's part of your master's course as well? Uh, so um, as one of the uh, modules on our master's course, it's called Museum Communications, where basically the staff give us a topic and basically say, go for it and go wild. So um, our topic this year was ritual. And we kind of had a hard time of thinking what kind of things do we want to think about when we're thinking of a topic called ritual? Because ritual is kind of a hard thing to define in the archaeology mm. world. I think we yeah. could all agree yeah. on that. <laughs> Very open-ended. Yeah. So we decided that why don't we just see all of the Durham archaeology rituals that are out there? And we found that there was a lot to do with the River Weir and also the River Tees um, by Pierce Bridge. And also a river that used to run in County Dovrin called um, the River Greta. In there, there were plenty of objects that had been thrown away by various uh, people from Roman to medieval and also Saxon as well. And they have all sorts of connotations to these objects, whether they were thrown in for like a votive offering to whichever Roman god to keep them safe or to just give a good crossing after a good pilgrimage to Durham Cathedral, or even just as an accident. So it's been kind of great to explore all these objects and to see what symbolic things they have behind them. And how's the process of curating those objects and deciding which ones to put in the exhibition sort of worked? Um, so it started off with a really long list. Um, it was quite overwhelming actually, and. It took us a long time to actually get into choosing final objects. Mm. We used a really useful report called the Pierce Bridge Report, which basically sums up all the objects that were found in the River Tees. Um, so that was really useful. And honestly, when, when we got images of them, obviously it's important to highlight all objects, but at the end of the day, people going to museums want to see cool things, they mm. want to see pretty things. So... At one point, we did go through the objects and we were looking at them and we were like, will people think this is beautiful or will they be disappointed at seeing this in the museum? It was tough because, you know, you don't want to disregard any objects, mm -hmm. but you kind of have to find a balance between what people want to see and what you want to display. And as for the 
uh, objects found under Elbert Bridge in the River Weir. Um, we had a lot of conversations with Gary Bankhead, who is um, an underwater archaeologist in County Durham. Um, he gave us a lot of advice on what objects he thought might have ritual undertones. But yeah, it was just a very collaborative process. Um, we had ideas about objects that the staff were not so keen on. And the staff had ideas about objects that we thought, mm, it's not for us. So, yeah. Nice. And if you were going to pick some of the objects that you put in the exhibition to sort of summarise what throwing it out there is all about, or just some of your favourite objects, which ones would you pick and why? Well, I would like to pick the lead toy doll skirt. So mm. it's actually not necessary to relate it to ritual, but it's something that we call rubbish, but it's actually very important to archaeologists because what we see as rubbish may have meaning as it reveals this history of the object. So it's very valuable to archaeologists. And then it also reminds us that people not only throw things into a river because of ritual reasons or emotional reasons, but as well as, as rubbish as well. So it's, our, it's also very important for us to remember that it's not the right thing to actually throw things in a river because it's damaged the environment. And what I like about this object is I've never come across of this kind of toys before. So um, it's very rare for me to see a, lead, a, to a toy doll which is made from lead and it's actually reveal its fashion. And the reason why people don't produce lead toys anymore nowadays. So this is what I think is very meaningful that I'm really interested in. Amazing. How about you guys? Um, I've really enjoyed working with the pilgrim badges um, mm. that have been found under Elbit Bridge. It just like really brings home, I think, that connotation that people were here before us and were using the cathedral as like a place of pilgrimage. And I think just like, because I've only been in Durham for one year, it's actually made mm. the Durham experience a bit more special for me, just as a lover of history and that sort of thing, just thinking mm. about people in the past and what they would do. Amazing. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's been nice to learn about local history. Um, just because, you know, I'm living in a new city and it feels nice to be making an exhibition that the local people mm. can be interested in because it's their city. Um, I think the objects, there's a group of small objects, which is going to sound really weird, but they're basically tiny little phalli. Um, and they're from the Roman period. And the Romans basically believed that phallic objects provided protection against kind of evil curses and the evil eye so they would wear them on their armor and put them on their horse's armor to kind of protect them and their horses and also their belongings um but i just think it's so cool to compare what they thought mm. about phalli and how our modern perceptions are so different and yeah, I've just it's it is quite strange and everyone's like, Oh my goodness, why are you so obsessed with them? But I just think it's sweet, like, you know, they thought that they were so silly that they provided literal magic protection. Um so yeah. Yeah, amazing. I mean, I can't wait to sort of like see these objects in more detail when I go to um the exhibition. But I thought it was interesting just that Kai when you mentioned kind of audiences. And how have you kind of considered different audiences, maybe of kind of different um, generations, for example, when you've been organising the exhibition and the resources surrounding it? Um, so we originally wanted to kind of have half of our exhibition to do with local practices. And also we wanted to explore international practices because 
we recognise that Durham has quite um, an international presence from students. Um, and unfortunately, we weren't able to pursue that, partly because of like lack of sufficient objects that were related to our topic. Um, so I think that was why we decided to go for the full-on Durham audience. We wanted to make something that was meaningful to the people that live here, but we also aiming the exhibition at children. Yeah, so we've done kind of a lot of audience evaluation and seeing how we can cater to children and like what they really want in a museum, because sometimes museum environments for kids can be very boring and mm. you just want to make sure that actually there is something a little bit for them. Um, so I think it is like one of the first like online as well, as well as in person really for Palace Green to have just like a children orientated space just for them. Um, so that's been really fun to do. We've been looking at like what they would want to do in the space not just look at objects but like kind of what activities we're going to do gallery trails as well as like a costume corner for dressing up yeah (laughs) like it's just been really fun to just see like what Mm. actually they do want because I think like sometimes they are a bit overshadowed it's just like here's a colouring in cheek there Mm. you go but Um, we just want to make a bit different sorry sorry Annabelle Uh, so so when we are actually designing or creating this exhibition, we realize that a lot of people don't really know what ritual is, mm-hmm. even though they read out the definition. So for online exhibition, we decided to add our own ritual things to like um, demonstrate it to the audience as a story to let them know actually rituals didn't really exist in the past, but also exist nowadays in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. So we would like to... Uh, through demonstrating or speaking out our stories, we would like them to know about, oh, or reflect on themselves, what ritual things they do nowadays. For example, for me, Asians, I love to drink hot water when I feel sick or when I feel uncomfortable. So this is a ritual thing to me. So, and at the end of our online exhibition and as well as um, physical exhibition, we would like our audience to kind of think about themselves, what rituals there that it's meaningful to them. So this is mm. also, I think, our aim of this exhibition. Yeah, that's fascinating. And sort of me and Ariel, who are both on the Purple Exec, were really lucky to come like see you guys behind the scenes um, earlier this week. And there was a lot of aspects of putting together an exhibition that I didn't appreciate, even as like a history student who should probably know about that kind of stuff. <laughs> but how's it been for you guys? I guess it's like the first exhibition you might have curated properly a lot of different aspects of it visually like colour or like how things are positioned the different stands and lighting how's it been sort of learning about those different um, aspects of forming an exhibition it's been very it's a lot more complex Mm. than even I realised before I was actually doing it Mm. Um, and I know Annabelle was literally doing her research paper on the importance of using accessible colours in Mm. exhibitions because obviously people suffer with colour blindness and colour sensitivity so things like that like nobody even thinks about um so it's been it's been quite challenging we've been trying to make things as accessible as possible Mm. while also producing something that's interesting to people and I think as well we're quite a big group so there's 12 of us and usually museum teams are not that big so I think it's been it's been fun and quite invigorating but also really challenging to work with such a big group Mm. make sure everyone's got all the information they need to do the things that they need to do yeah yeah I've really enjoyed it because you don't really think before doing 
a master's course in museums about actually what goes into making mm. a museum exhibit because as a visitor you just walk in and go this is nice <laughs> but actually the behind the scenes is actually quite a lot but it is just like I've been saying all the time everyone's like how's your master's course going like it's enjoyable stress mm. um it's lovely but like you love doing what you do and there is like stressful points but overall it's just a great experience yeah so so everyone I think has experienced emotional breakdown as well as well as cheering everybody's <laughs> up. And um, through the exhibition, I've learned a lot of things um, on like online exhibition designing because mm. our target audience are children and families. So we decided to add a lot of um, motions, animation there in order to attract the, them to look at it. So we have add something like stop motion, 360 rotation, something like that. And it's really challenging for us, especially for me, because I've never, ever know how to done these things. Mm. For I've never come across of um, apps like Canva, Shorthand or uh, Genially. So mm. it is kind of challenging, but as well as satisfied, because through this exhibition, I actually done a lot of skills like personal skills, like knowing how to uh, make use of shorthand, how to make an online exhibition, but as well as how to communicate with your group mates. Yep. Yeah, I was going to ask as well, um, I don't know what your plans are for the future, but do you think like doing this exhibition specifically has influenced like what you want to do? Are you guys thinking about working in museums and curation and that kind of, I don't know, like line of work? For me, absolutely. I think all the staff were worried that it would put a lot of us off, but actually the exhibition for me cemented that I wanted to work mm. in a museum. I don't necessarily mind like what work I do in the museum, but it definitely made me feel like, yes, this is what I want to be doing. Um, it's just really good opportunities for collaboration and, you know, you get fresh ideas from people, things you'd never even considered. Um, and it just feels like you're actually doing something to help people. Um, I know not everyone thinks that, history is important um and you know maybe it isn't as important as other things but it's still knowledge that we should have as people and to be part of teams that are helping give people that knowledge and give people access to teaching themselves things it feels it feels good amazing how about you guys um definitely um because i kind of entered this course going i know i wanted to work in museums mm. but i don't know really where or like what bit of a museum because you don't realize actually how many yeah, little yeah. subsections there are I definitely think I do want to go into exhibitions and exhibition interpreting, definitely. So I've always been wanting to work in a museum since I was, since I graduated from secondary school. Mm -hmm. And after this course, it really makes me think like more certain that I want to work in a museum sector because I love learning things. I love learning new things, especially it's related to artifacts because I love it really much. And every time when I like learn new things or even if when we finish this exhibition, it makes me feel very satisfied. Like mm. I would love to see people reacting on our, on, uh, on our exhibition. Are they feeling happy? Are they feeling um, not really satisfied? Or they have more questions or to be more interested in a particular sector. So um, I also like... Um, I think museum is not about teaching our audience something, but it mm -hmm. also teach us about something as well. It's a bridge of communicating with 
artifact and then staff and as well as audience. So I think it's really satisfying and good. Yeah, that's really, really well put. I'm glad it's like inspired you guys so much. <laughs> Just for anyone listening, does one of you want to go into how you can go see throwing it out there? Sort of when, where, how, um, and why you obviously should. Yes, yeah, so uh, our exhibition is open from the 16th of June to the 12th of November. And it's in the Museum of Archaeology, which is in Palace Green Library in Durham. I think the museum is open every day of the week from about 10 till 4. You can literally pop in any time and the staff at the desk can direct you around. Um, and yeah, I think <laughs> we would really appreciate if people want to see it, even if it was just once, because we've worked really hard. <laughs> um, and it would be nice to know that people are going to see it. Um, so yeah. And even if you're just walking through to the library space near the back of Palace Green, just have a little look. Just have yeah. a little, have a little mooch. <laughs> And if, even if you don't really know English, it's never mind. If you're a, like international student like me from China, it's totally okay for you to go and see our exhibition because we have provided Chinese version. So don't be afraid, don't hesitate, just walk in and I promise you'll be very, very happy about this. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, I know I'm definitely going to be checking it out. I think seeing it behind the scenes has really made me want to like, no, see the finished product. I know how much work you guys put into it. Um, so well done. It's super exciting. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. If you'd like to follow the DU Things To Do page on Instagram, you can keep up with all things museum archaeology as well. There's mm -hmm. been some of our highlighted objects on there, so you can get a bit more of an idea of what objects will also be in the exhibition as well. Also, we have coming out probably in like the next week or so. That would be all the episodes. We've already got one episode out. We have been doing a podcast as well for anybody that wants to know a little bit more information about any ritual, archaeology and rubbish type of topics. So it's on the Things to Do at Durham University podcast on Spotify. And we are the Throwing It Out There podcast. Brilliant. Okay, well... Thank you guys for coming along. Um, and yeah, everyone go check out Throwing It Out There. Um, follow Purple Radio Arts on Instagram as well, where we'll be um, promoting this episode. And we've also got some fun Reels content lined up from when we went behind the scenes. Yeah, thank you guys. Cool. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.